week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Ezra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to inform the South Asian community about national and Texas politics. You can follow us on all forms of social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WiseUpTX. You can also check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. You can also listen to our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud and hear them every Tuesday on Radio Azad. Remember everyone, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. So today's segment is called The System's Not Broken, We Are. And I'm going to be honing in on that phrase that we kept hearing throughout the November 2016 election cycle and which is currently ongoing, is how our political system is broken. And while I do agree that it is a contributing factor, that the politicians are a contributing factor to the broken system, I think that the blame mostly lies with us, as in the people of America. I'm going to be delving into this topic in more detail later on, but first I want to cover the news of the week. Starting with the national news, it seems that the U.S. Senate has the number of people to filibuster uh, the Supreme Court nomination of Gorsuch. Uh, Whether the filibuster goes through or not, it seems that Gorsuch will become the next Supreme Court justice. Um, They can filibuster it for as long as they'd like, but uh, he will still end up passing uh, the confirmation hearings. Furthermore, it seems that uh, President Trump will be meeting with leaders from China. I think that should be an interesting and very fascinating meeting. I would love to be the fly on the wall of that meeting for sure. Um, The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of a Texas death row inmate last Tuesday, sending his case back to the appeals court and invalidating the state's method of determining if a death sentence inmate is intellectually disabled and therefore ineligible for execution. It was actually a huge victory um, for those that are really advocating for criminal justice reform. In other big news, uh, North Carolina reached a deal on the bathroom law. If you recall, the law requires transgender people in public buildings to use a bathroom that corresponds with the gender of their birth certificate. Uh, It prompted many boycotts by sports leagues, such as the NCAA, um, NBA All-Stars, several businesses, and others, and it greatly um, harmed the state's economy. Um, I have mentioned previously that Texas also has a very similar bill. In fact, our lieutenant governor flew in the lieutenant governor of North Carolina to talk about this bill and how it would be good for Texas and advocating for it. So I think we can pretty much assume that our lieutenant governor does not have a very strong um, stance, not stance, um, support for this bill when uh, you see North Carolina repealing it because of the detrimental effects it had on North Carolina's economy. Um, I hope that majority of the legislators in the Texas legislature uh, take heed of this action and try not to pass this bill because I really think it can make a huge dent in our economy here in Texas. Uh, speaking of the NCAA, uh, I am pre-recording this, so the end of March madness happened last night and um, I am very much rooting for North Carolina. I always make a bracket, and I have always put Gonzaga in the Final Four, but I've found that they've always disappointed me. And apparently the one year I don't put Gonzaga in is the one year they make it to the championship. Um, It seems like the basketball gods hate me, but 
I just wanted to pivot to a little bit of basketball news, especially since North Carolina is in there and the NCAA has such a huge impact uh, in the North Carolina sports industry. So I guess we can assume that the NCAA may be returning back to North Carolina sometime soon. All right, let's move on to the Texas legislature. Um, the Senate has already passed a budget bill, which will, you know, utilize how they intend to spend your hard-earned tax dollars. And furthermore, they have shifted $1.8 billion in public education costs to local taxpayers, um, meaning your property taxes will probably go up. Um, the House is going to debate the budget this Thursday, and they have a slightly different version of the budget. They would be utilizing money from the rainy day fund. So Texas um, has a rainy day fund in which they put money uh, and set aside that's usually not allowed to be used in the budget unless, uh, you know, we're in a deficit and we really need to dip into it and there are certain emergency causes. I definitely believe that, you know, public education definitely needs more money. Uh, so does Child Protective Services and Mental Health Services. And it seems that the Texas House is willing to dip into the Rainy Day Fund in order to help support these three major programs. But it seems that the Senate is very much unwilling to dip into the Rainy Day Fund because they want to talk about very conservative spending and having a very conservative budget. I think, uh, you know they have these thoughts that you know they're going to provide more economic incentives um, by having a very conservative budget but i'm not sure where they have the studies to really uphold that but anyways the house is going to debate uh, the budget on thursday and their budget will most likely um, their debate will most likely go till four or five in the morning and um it will probably be very, be very different from the Senate budget. So they're going to have to go into a conference committee to work out a compromise on how the final budget is going to work out. And if you may recall, the Texas Constitution requires them to pass one and only one bill while they're in the Texas legislature, which is to pass the Texas budget. So if they're unable to come to an agreement, our government could potentially shut down. Moving on, I wanted to discuss, um, you know, I, we spoke about public education, but the Senate has already voted out a bill to pass a major private school choice bill, creating two public programs that would subsidize private school tuition. Uh, the Texas House has been very much against uh, vouchers and private school choice, so I'm not sure how far that bill is going to go through the Texas House and if it may pass at all. But it's something to really keep your eyes peeled on. Um, when it, and if it does get to the Texas House floor, it'd be very important for you to call your legislator to let them know how you feel about it and how you'd want them to vote. Because, again, this is going to impact your child. You could be, you know, living in a very, you know, posh area with a great public school district and think that it may not impact you as much. But it will because some of the funding will definitely be taken away. So you may recall our Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, um, had some securities fraud case against him, and the judge ruled that the trial should be moved out of Collin County and delayed. All right, so that's the news of the week. Uh, make sure you keep, um, continue to stay posted on what the Texas legislature is doing, because I can assure you things are about to ramp up until uh, the end of May is when Texas session ends. 
So continue to follow Wise Up. Again, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We'll be updating articles and discussing what types of bills are being passed and seeing um, how they impact our community. So make sure you follow us so that you can keep up to date as to what's happening. All right, moving on to our segment. Um, The system is not broken. We are. I wanted to discuss, you know, Many of us have become a lot more politically aware in the last couple of months, especially since, you know, Donald Trump ran for president, he became president, and we're all trying to find a way to, you know, really become involved. And I think that's a great thing, and that's something that we should really um, continue to do. But I do think that a lot of the flaws that we point out um, amongst people and those that voted for him or the way that the government is running um, hasn't exactly been fair criticism. Now, I don't think all of the people that voted for Donald Trump um, are all racists and bigots. I think, you know, a lot of them voted for him because they felt that he would bring jobs back, regardless of the fact that, you know, maybe Hillary Clinton or Bernie also discussed jobs. It just didn't resonate or relate to them on the same level. Um, and, you know, you may be thinking that with Donald Trump and his budget cuts to some of the social programs or Meals on Wheels that they would become disloyal. And it seems that many of them aren't. And and the reason being is that their loyalty to him is despite those of us who have made fun of their lack of education or called them white trash or automatically considering them as racist. And I want to emphasize that you can live in your bubble on social media thinking in 2020, you know, things may change. But I think you'd be very wrong with that assumption. Um because you're not seeing the other side, you're not seeing how the other side is feeling and thinking, because you have to realize at least, you know, half the country still voted for him and still, you know, agreed with some of his policies. And I want to pose a question, you know, how can you ridicule and assume the worst of Trump voters when you don't want the worst assumed of you because of the color of your skin? You're going to taunt your higher education in these people's faces, and you have to realize that these are the same types of people who also work hard for their kids so they can have a better life. So I want to point out that liberal elitism is a real thing. It is in full force, uh, which will only lead to a country so rife with division that a united country will be impossible to attain. So I want you all to do yourself a favor and the country you love a favor. Stop ridiculing those who voted for Trump and try to understand where they're coming from because only then will we really attain the change our country so desperately needs. I know it's amusing and entertaining to, you know, share these memes. For example, you know, oh yes, you know, immigrants are going to take your job, you know, such as Muhammad the neurologist is going to take your job. I mean, I, I get that it's funny and I get that we're really frustrated, but I don't think that's the proper way to, you know, go about it. And furthermore, you know, I'm not saying that you can't be upset with the racism and sexism and hypocrisy the current administration is forcing, but you shouldn't ridicule those who haven't had the same educational opportunities as you. So I kindly request you all to stop being an elitist and start being an activist, because only then, you know, will we really attempt to, you know, make progress and, you know, really make a difference in people's lives. And now that I've given you all kind of a lecture on liberal elitism, you know, I want to talk about how, you know, we've become such a polarized nation. And, you know, it seems that, yes, to an extent, our political system is broken because um, 
these days people see each other in just two categories either you're with them or against them and there doesn't seem to be any mutual respect or understanding from either side and then i also seem like there's a further division within each political party because you have the you know mainstream republicans and you have the freedom caucus and then within the democratic party you have the far left progressives who are really avid bernie sanders supporters and then you have you know the um democrats that are more center left and considered more establishment politicians. So it seems like there seem to be four different groups and um, we seem very much unwilling to listen to each other. And so, you know, noticing these things, it really got me thinking, is our democracy really broken right now? And a part of me realizes corporate money and interests have played a pivotal role for why people feel the system is broken. People feel the government doesn't care about them anymore. Uh, they feel that politicians are vying to satisfy their own greedy interests. Furthermore, the two main political parties are in a stagnant gridlock. It seems difficult to see any sort of bipartisanship in the near future. It's easy to point the blame on the politicians claiming to be re representing us, but at the end of the day, what about us? Does any of the blame lie with us? And I personally think so. And the reason being is, you know, we start with our constitution and the democracy is we the people. And so we the people have a say in democracy. Remember that democracy is a form of government in which you have a say. And if you're not taking the time to have your say, you're not really participating in the democracy. And the only person you can really blame for that is yourself. And I know it may sound like a harsh statement to make, but learning about your own flaws is never easy. It's always the toughest criticism to take. But if we're to get out of this hole we've dug ourselves in, it's easy, you know, to point. If we're to get out of this hole we've dug ourselves into, you know, we need to begin the change within ourselves. Uh, it's easy to point fingers at others while conveniently looking the other way at our own mistakes. But we have the burden of blame on us, and let me tell you why. And I have various examples. For example, you know, I find it pretty disappointing that we can be up to date on the current gossip, celebrity gossip, but not on the state of our political affairs. You know, we can research on the schools we will send our kids to, the house or car we may buy, but not on the politicians that will decide how to spend our hard-earned tax dollars. We expect a politician to fix all of our problems, but we are unwilling to put in the effort to try and fix some of the problems ourselves. You know, we want someone to just come in and fix everything for us when, you know, that's just not going to happen. You have to put in some sort of effort yourself. You know, we also want a fast fix, yet deny the amount of hard work that goes into bringing change. We want change, but we aren't willing to change ourselves. We want those who represent us to be held accountable, but we are unable to hold ourselves accountable for our actions for not really participating. We want politicians to not listen to corporate interests, but we have done an abysmal job showing up to town hall meetings or getting to know our politicians to let them know about our concerns. We have the money to spend on designer items, yet we are unwilling to spend money or donate to a candidate who could really bring about positive change. You know, so often I'll hear times like, oh, they're all corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. Well, you know what? You could change the system. There are certain, certainly so many candidates out there that are willing to try and be great politicians and really make an impact. But, you know, they are concerned that, oh, well, I need money to run these types of campaigns. And you can say that, yes, there are corporate interests and that they're going to fund all this money to many of these politicians. But if everybody grouped together around somebody who they really believed in and chipped in five, ten dollars or even twenty dollars, 
I mean, that person would eventually have funds, and that's called grassroots campaigning, and that's what President Obama, you know, wrote his campaign off of, and that's the same with Bernie Sanders. So, yes, these people can can definitely raise the money and really, you know, put a dent into what you may consider the establishment or corporate interests. So, you know, the next time that you may want to buy something nice, that's great. You know, just think, okay, I'm going to, you know, also donate another $20, $30 to this political campaign to, um, because I believe this person can really make a difference. And one example I want to give you is um, House Representative Beto O'Rourke, who is from El Paso, has decided to throw in his hat in the ring to challenge Senator Ted Cruz for the Texas Senate, which the election will come up in 2018. This man is the perfect example for you to donate a couple of dollars to his campaign because I definitely think uh, he could pose a good threat to Senator Ted Cruz, who, by the way, hasn't shown any sort of uh, friendliness or support for the Texas Muslim community, much less the South Asian community. So, you know... I definitely think that you can definitely find politicians who have good hearts, who, you know, sincerely think about their constituents and, you know, not have them all bought out by corporate interests. So definitely think about spending some money on some of these uh, political elections that are coming up. Furthermore, city council elections will also be coming up. And remember, the deadline to register is April 6th. So if you haven't done so, uh, make sure you are registered. If you already registered, um, from the November 2016 elections, you don't need to re-register unless you've moved. And the election is actually May 6th. A lot of South Asians are running for office. You can also donate to their campaigns as well. They need it. Grassroots organization is one of the best ways to really drive a successful campaign. So hope you all will really take that um, advice to heart. Furthermore, you know, it seems like we don't have the time to get involved and learn about politics. We think things are too complex. And I'm not going to deny that it really has become a very complicated and convoluted system to understand. But it's always important for you know you to keep tabs on um, the main elections that are coming up. And that's why WiseUp is such a great tool for you all to utilize because I'm here to keep tabs on what elections are coming up, what all you need to stay informed on. So, of course, continue to utilize uh, the information that WiseUp gives out and 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 know that while it's complicated, that doesn't mean that you don't pay attention to it because, well, we can talk about the complexity of politics. We are able to, you know, follow some love triangle, celebrity love triangle, like, I don't know, the Kardashian Black China love triangle, which I guess I'm somewhat guilty of reading about, but, you know, at least I'm politically informed, okay? I have an excuse, right, guys? But, I mean, you can't sit here and say that you're able to follow those types of things, but then, you know, you don't have the interest for politics or you find it too co complex. Um, because definitely those love triangles can definitely be complex for sure. So moving on, my next point is um, we don't have any interest in politics, but we expect politicians to have an interest in us. And again, I'm going to hone in on this point that it's we the people, right? This is what democracy is. It's all about all of us working together. And if you don't want to be part of the we, then you shouldn't expect any sort of um, good outcome out of it. 
So that's why it's very important for you to have an interest in politics because if you want your interests to be learned about and to be taken into consideration, you need to show that interest. So it's very hypocritical to be like, well, I don't really care about politics. What does it matter? It doesn't affect me. And then you see some policy and you're like, oh, you know, what the hell? How can they pass such a thing? Like, don't they know this impacts me and in this and that way? Yes, but you claim that you didn't care and you don't care about politics. So why are the politicians going to care about you? Remember, they're going to care about the people that reach out to them, which is exactly why lobbyists have become so successful because in general, our general population has become exceptionally lazy, exceptionally, exceptionally lazy. And I'm not sure what to really attribute that to, whether it's TV, the internet, social media, but we have done a terrible and abysmal job of keeping up to date on politics. I mean, as a nation, we are one of the lowest um, voter turnout countries. Like, I remember when uh, Scotland had their election to see if they would secede or not from the UK. They had a 98% voter turnout. We're not anywhere near as close as that. We don't even meet like the 50% mark, which is just absolutely abysmal. And Texas, Texas is ranked at the bottom, um, close to the bottom for voter turnout. I mean, they say everything is bigger in Texas, but unfortunately that is not true for our voter turnout. It is the least, and that's incredibly disappointing. And so I'm not exactly sure, you know, what, this main reason is. But the thing is, if you're not willing to get involved, this is how these special interest groups and these lobbyists get in. Because these politicians, they're not hearing from you. They're not seeing you. And while granted recently, you know, they've been hearing from you at town hall meetings, and I think that's spectacular. But this is, the current political system is a result of our laziness as a society. We have decided not to turn out for these town hall meetings. We've decided not to show up and speak with our legislators. We've decided not to really show up to bother to vote. So if you're not voting, you're not showing up to these town hall meetings, how are these politicians supposed to get to know you? How are they supposed to learn um, you know, who their constituents are? And how are they supposed to cater to your interests when you're not showing any interest in the first place? And again, this is exactly how I think big money uh, got into play and how lobbyists got into play because they were there uh, showing their money and guiding politicians how to vote. And there was no one there at the town hall meetings um, or calling them up to, to, you know, ask these questions like, why are you doing this? I don't agree with this. This is going to impact our district. I'm your constituent. This is going to hurt me. And when you, we weren't doing it, that's how I think many of these lobbying groups got in. And so that's why I think this blame really, really um, falls on us as a society. And since we didn't show the interest, they lost, the politicians lost interest in us. And it's not just politicians, it's also other groups and communities. You know, as Desis and Muslims, we want other groups to realize and understand the difficulties our communities are facing, such as the Islamophobia and the racism. But we are very much unwilling to understand and help other communities with their difficulties. Um, I don't see many of us really trying to really rally behind, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, the Native Americans, the LGBTQ movement, and, and not even just those groups, like the poor people. I feel like we are like, oh, people don't understand the racism, the Islamophobia. It's like, how often did you think about the poor people and how so many policies were impacting them because it was, they were dealing with environmental racism. I mean, Flint is a 
great example of that horrid situation of environmental racism. Um, they were all struggling with health care and so many other issues. And I feel like, and it's not just our community, I feel like society as a whole just really didn't care about the poor people. And now it's coming back to haunt us. And so I hope you all realize that, for example, like I see what's happening in the national legislature or in Congress, and I see what's happening in the Texas legislature. And sometimes I feel really sad. I feel very sad for our country and for our state, you know, for a variety of reasons. But most of all, I know that even as a South Asian Muslim, I'm not going to be nowhere near as impacted as the poor people are. Um, I'm thankfully, you know, working as an attorney, you know, holding a job right now. I, I have health insurance. I have an income. And when I think of the poor people who are struggling to make ends meet, I may complain about my grocery bill, but those people are working minimum wage. You know, they can barely make ends meet. And it's either they go to bed hungry or uh, they pay their rent. And many of them have kids. And they're attempting to support them too. And so when I see uh, these cuts for, you know, Medicare and I see the cuts that they um, intend to do for, let's say, Meals on Wheels or for Planned Parenthood where many, many poor women, um, get, that's the only place that they can get any sort of uh, female health care, whether it's, you know, um, a breast exam for, you know, breast cancer, any of those types of things. And those are the people that are really, really going to suffer. While, yes, I could face racism, but I will still be financially secure. I will still have health care. I will most likely be able to support having a roof over my head. And so I'm just saying that once in a while, take a step back and realize that, yes, your community may be impacting, being impacted right now, but there are also very many other communities that are having it much, much worse. And I understand that the hate crimes can be exceptionally scary, but don't think that the poor people haven't dealt with such scary situations either because they don't get looked on with respect at all. They're always constantly disrespected. People can tell when someone is poor by the way they dress, by the way they talk. Uh, they didn't have the same educational opportunities as you did. And so I just want you all to realize that Yes, while the South Asian and Muslim communities are suffering, there's other communities that are suffering just as much or much, much worse. And to have your thoughts out for them and to think of them and help them if you can, because if we want help for ourselves and mutual understanding, it's only going to happen when we put in the effort. So I hope that you all will think of that uh, the next time you want to, you know, be upset with the way the government is working um, against South Asians or Muslims. All right, folks, that's the segment for today. Um, I hope you all didn't take my criticism too harshly. Um, constructive criticism is always good, and it's something that we, including myself, can really work on to try to not make the South Asian community, um, you know, to help the South Asian community, but also to help our country as well, because at the end of the day, we all live in America. We want what's best for America. And um, well, I do think that the political system is somewhat broken and that our politicians 
um, not all, but some have really taken an interest to corporate lobbying. I think a lot of them, um, and I've met with so many of them, really want to help the country. And you have to realize that while they may have differing viewpoints, that doesn't mean they're always corrupt. Um, you know, they have to look at things from every different angle and from different sides. And so that's why it's imperative for you to be open-minded, to understand, um, where they're coming from as well. Like, while they may not agree with you, um, you can ask for an explanation as to why they feel the way that they feel. So again, a lot of it has to do with us getting involved, but it's also showing interest as well. And, um, I think at the end of the day, the system became broken because for the most part, we weren't really interested in politics. We lost interest. We kind of, you know, let things slide and, with anybody in, in any situation, if, you know, you allow them to take advantage of you, people will do it because they know that they can. And I'm not necessarily saying that all politicians took advantage of us, but because they didn't see their constituents, um, discussing with them or showing up to elections and votes, you know, they essentially just stopped caring or only cared for those constituents that they knew would steadily show up for election after election. So, at the end of the day, yes, maybe the system is broken, but I definitely think we, the people, um, are one of the biggest culprits into why the system is broken. So I hope you all will, you know, take my advice to heart and, and you know, really think about what I said to talk about how we can really fix the system. All right. Don't forget that you can also check out this segment on um, my website. It's www.wiseuptx.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at wiseuptx, W-I-S-E-U-P-T-X. And don't forget, everybody, get educated, get wiser, start giving it. Until next time.